Welcome to C-Suite Radio. But plus, if you're with somebody, there's a good chance that they might wind up in your act at some point, some way, somehow. They have to be able to handle that part of the relationship. Yeah, I have I have a boyfriend right now, and it was like a long talk of like, I wrote some jokes about you. Let me know how you feel. You can change your mind at any time. I don't want, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. Um, but he's been really cool about it. And I just keep reinforcing that if at any point or anything I say is shitty, just let me know. Cause yeah, I don't I mean, know. If you're not just like shitting on somebody to be mean, you know, I, I never have, but right. that being said, when people are now laughing at you, it can change how you feel. Yeah. I- it's time for another edition of the Brett Allen show. It's go time. You know what Join us weekly for the latest pop culture interviews from your favorite TV shows, movies, comedians, and so much more. I'm on the lot of you. feel good. Plus, you never know who will drop by. What happened here was a miracle. Now, here is your host. I said throw down, boy. Welcome to the night's main event. Brett Allen. Right, Alan here. Today we are chatting with another fantastic comedian, one of my favorites, Liz Mealy. You came across my For You page on TikTok, and then, of course, I started deep diving and going to Instagram, YouTube. You're very funny, and I'm excited to chat with you. I, I love talking to comedians because I just think what you do is just so fascinating and different than any other job that could exist on the planet um thank you for your time it's a pleasure to meet you and thanks for hanging out today yeah thank you so much well let's talk about it you have been in the comedy game for quite a long time i don't like to traditionally ask you know how you got interested in comedy but i will ask it in a bit of a different way like what is it about comedy that you find so fascinating and interesting and keeps you coming back for more and more because it, from my perspective, it could be a very challenging and also yet rewarding thing to do as a craft for sure. Um, I think it's just a really authentic way to connect with people. I think to make people laugh is, is, um, you can't really fake it. Right. So like you can fake being polite to somebody and you can fake being professional with somebody and you can, um, uh, fake being generous you can give money you can give time but like something's either funny or not funny and it's such a genuine way to know that you're on the same page as somebody and it's my favorite way of connecting like it's my favorite thing to do is to laugh and then my favorite thing next to it is making other people laugh to the point where like I can get the same kind of high from making an audience laugh that I can from like a barista that is completely checked out and I kind of make her snap out of it and she laughs and she has a moment where she, for, you know, 12 seconds, she doesn't hate her job. So both of those feel the same to me. And it's still one of my favorite things to do is to take somebody that definitely doesn't care about me or like me or register that I'm a human and then make their day, you know, even 5% better. Um, I, I think that's all I really want is to connect with people and make their day a little bit better. Now, of course, I would like to do it in my own unique way, whether it's cat jokes or saying something dumb, you know, to a barista, but, but 
even when I miss the mark, I am sad because both I didn't connect with those people and I didn't make their day better. I love it. Yeah. I think that's probably why I like talking to comics. Cause I feel like for just 15 or 20 minutes, I'm like taken away from not a bad day job, but just like the mundaneness of creating content or whatever, or somebody promoting a movie or a television show. Not that that's bad either. If that makes sense, you know what I mean? Cause I yeah. think, you just have this ability to take a situation and put it into this machine and have it come out to be something really funny or something that you might not think about. When did you finally get to a place or have you gotten to a place where you feel confident in what you just described to know, okay, I can do this and it can be very effective. And as you said, change somebody's day somebody's evening, somebody who's gone to the club for the night, paid 20 bucks and has come to be entertained? Um, I mean, it, I feel like it took me a lot longer because I was quite a perfectionist. I think, you know, Ira Glass has this like kind of famous video at this point of like, you know, when you start doing any craft, you are disappointed because what you like is at such a high um, value and you're new. So what you're doing is trash. And all you can think is I want to be there and I'm down here. And it takes a while for what you to create to be as good as what you, you know, aspired to. So I think probably 10 years in, I started to see that I could write things pretty quickly. And if I had the idea and I was married to it working, even if when I was doing it, it wasn't working, I had faith that if I kept working, kept trying, it would eventually work. And that took probably like eight to 10 years. And then now I kind of know before I go on stage, if it's good or not. And if it's not good, it's not because the joke isn't good. It's because it's ordered in the wrong way, or I didn't set it up the right way, but I can take something and it can bomb. And I can be like that. I, I, I usually it's not the idea or the joke that's bad. It's because it's in the wrong order. I didn't present it the right way, but I can do most of, I have an internal gauge that is 70 to 80% correct. Oh, wow. of is this going to be funny? Even if I do it on stage and it's not funny, it's not that it's not funny. It's I didn't, I didn't structure it right. I started too early. I didn't give them enough information. I drowned out the information. Like I can, I can do most of the work without testing it in a way that I couldn't have when I was younger, obviously. Yeah. You're really funny. Your YouTube special. I watched it this morning. So smart. I love just some of the stories that you tell uh, and have told in the past about having guy roommates as a guy, I kind of get what you're saying a little bit, which I think is really funny, but how you speak about confidence, which I think I see exude in your material and things like that. When did you, get to a place where you started to find your voice in the way that you tell stories and in the way that you communicate your thoughts and things like that. I mean, my voice has changed a lot, especially like what's interesting is having three out of four of my hours be free on YouTube. My first hour, which was originally just an album is called emotionally exhausting. I yeah. wrote all that material when I was 26, 27, and it was filmed when I was 28. I'm 38 right now. So then I have an album that's not on there, but there's a couple of clips that has a kind of like a, a red background. And I filmed that in London. And then um, Self Help Me was filmed in 2019. And then Ghost of Academic Future was filmed in 
what is it? If it's 2023, 2021, 2022, I think 2022. Um, so the biggest thing is that while my written voice, like my ability, like who I am and how I see the world and how I structure things and how I tell stories, I would say started to develop around 10 years in my ability to be off stage Liz on stage took a lot longer. So in my second hour um, called Mind Over Melee that I, I filmed in London, I start to play around with my voice a little bit and I start to kind of be a little more temperamental because that's who I am normally. And then in Self Help Me, I'm yelling more. I'm gesticulating like the crazy Italian I am. And then you see the ghost of academic future and I am yelling because I, while I don't yell at people, if I, if you're my best friend and I call you up to tell you about something somebody did to me, I'm like this fuck face, da -da, you know what I mean? And I go on a rant and I'm like, da -da 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 -da, and I'm, I'm fast. I'm annoying. I don't, I give nobody a chance to talk. Like I am a crazy person. And my friend is usually laughing the whole time because a, she's used to it. And B I'm just being outlandish I'm there's no filter because I'm angry and the world has hurt me and I'm going to tell you about it and I think I was scared to show that side of me because I am embarrassed I am embarrassed that I'm a bulldozer I'm embarrassed that I'm fucking over exaggerating and being you know playing the victim and it's a lot of stuff that I learned in therapy to not do because it's not healthy but the first version of me is always the unhealthy version and it's ridiculous. And now I have some self-awareness and I can play around with it. So I think now, especially like the ghost of academic future, and then this hour I just filmed a month ago, it is unfiltered Liz. I mean, it's clearly filtered a little bit so that there's, you know, I'm not giving you, I try, if I curse, it's, it's, I've taken all the like angry Liz curses out and it's just the curses you need. I and I, I do make it a little stronger comedically, but I would say performance wise, it is the most authentic version of who I am when I talk to my friends. And I think that took a lot longer because of being both scared of people seeing who I really was, but also it's much harder to perform over and over again, ranty, fast paced, crazy Liz, as it was when I was really monotone. And it's safer to be monotone. If I'm monotone and I bomb, I, it looks like I didn't try. But if I do a whole performance and I bomb, it's kind of embarrassing. So it's taken a lot longer to be confident and believe in myself in the performance side of things. I love it. Do you think therapy helped or hindered? Did it hinder your comedy or maybe gave you better perspective? Because I hear that a lot. Um, comedians they often have this really negative perception that they're hurt and broken people, which I don't necessarily find to be true having spoken to a lot, but also speaking to some that have gone to therapy. Some say it helped them and helped structure their voice. Do you feel that it helped you in some ways to be able to sort through some of those things that you just mentioned? It's helped me immensely on stage and off stage. That's cool. I think off stage it's so that I can even deal with all the rejection that comedy itself and the industry comes with. And I don't know if I would be where I was if I didn't get the tools and the guidance to process all of that. But then on the other side of it, having self-awareness about my bad habits and being able to self-soothe and being to be my own um, caretaker has made it so that something bad happens. And my first thought isn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. My first thought is 
oh, this is pretty funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, oh, I'm mad right now, but this is going to be a pretty good joke. Or I can hear my thoughts. It's batshit crazy. I'm going to write them down now, deal with how angry I am. And once I'm calmer, I'm going to see if I can. And my jokes in general, I was processing a lot of feelings through jokes, but I can do it a lot quicker and I can do it a lot healthier. And then even writing about therapy, writing about my therapist, writing about my own journey. Like I have a new joke. It's not on this upcoming special, but I'm already writing the next hour. It's about how I'm so healthy, not so healthy, but I'm so much healthier than I was before that dating is even harder because it was like before when I got <laughs> dumped, it was like, you know, I was undateable. You're right. But now it's like, I've been in therapy for 10 years. None of you are good enough for me. None of you. Like I'm a different. It's a I'm very now true thing that you're just saying, like just in general, like yeah. I'm, you don't deserve this. You know what I'm saying? Like I did so much work. I want someone else to have done. I'm like, I'm now undateable because I, if I have a master's and you haven't even graduated high school, we're not talking. And so many men haven't even graduated high school. Do I'm not even asking you to get a master's in yourself. I'm asking you to take classes. Get your GED. Some, or something. Yes. And so that's where it is. It's like I was undateable before because I was this emotional mess that put problem, you know, never dealt with my own problems and I had no self-awareness. And now we fast forward to 10 years and it's like, if I did 10 years worth of work, you need to do at least a year. And all these fucking, you know, don't show up to high school people are like, you look cute. And I'm like, don't even look at me. Like you can't eat. No. So it's just this, like, I've made it worse for it. myself. <laughs> Well, I mean, you're worthy of the good things, but plus if you're with somebody, there's a good chance that they might wind up in your act at some point, some way, somehow they have to be able to handle that part of the relationship. Yeah. I have, I have a boyfriend right now and it was like a long talk of like, I wrote some jokes about you. Let me know how you feel. You can change your mind at any time. I don't want, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. Um, but he's been really cool about it. And I just keep reinforcing that if at any point or anything I say is shitty, just let me know. Cause yeah, I don't I mean, know if you're not just like shitting on somebody to be mean, you know, I, I've never have, but right. that being said, when people are now laughing at you, it can change how you feel. Yes, and I it, it can. Yeah. One last question. Again, I just think you're so funny. And if you're ever in Denver, Fort Collins, I'm there to come see you uh, for sure. I asked, I've had a lot of comedians on lately. I want to ask you this. I want to talk about crowd work and TikTok and Instagram. Crowd work clips have become a thing. And I've heard from other comedians, like some people are showing up to shows just to get into a viral clip or a YouTube clip or TikTok clip, whatever. Have you had any of that lately happen? And also I want to talk about your perception of crowd work and do you enjoy it? Do you not enjoy it? Is it important? It's a three tiered question. I apologize. So if you need me to repeat something, please ask. Um, yeah. That's just how my stream of consciousness ADHD works. Yeah, no, no worries. I am working on like a Denver Fort Collins uh, date in the uh, next year. So hopefully I'll be there soon. I was in Denver a year ago. Um, so I do hope to get back next year. Um, I, before this whole crowd work boom, you know, hecklers happen. I've put heckler videos out there. Right. Um, the crowd work thing boomed and I, I don't, that's not how I want to 
I work so hard on my material. I like telling jokes. That's what I want to do. And I really feel if all Instagram and, 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 um, YouTube and TikTok, all it is, is a trailer for what you're going to see live. That's how I feel. Okay. I, I make, I'm not making money off most things. I make a little bit of money off YouTube, but I'm really not making money off most things. So every clip I put out is to sell you to come see a show. So if all I'm putting out is crowd work clips, cause I don't want to burn my material and you come to see me and all I do is material, I'm selling you a show you're not going to see. Okay. Or setting myself up for an evening that I don't want to have because I don't fucking want to talk to you. All that said, whoever does, like I, you know, Todd Berry does crowd work tours. My buddy Umar does it. If that's what you do, like Big J or, or, or Todd, by all means, that's fine. But I think there's a little bit of a delusion with a lot of my full comic friends that either they're moving their craft in a different direction because it's making money and getting them attention or they're selling a show that people aren't going to see and they're going to be disappointing themselves or disappointing other people. I don't want to do that. If I have a crowd work thing, it's because it was authentic. I do have a little bit of crowd work. Like I'll have certain questions where I want answers and that crowd work is setting up the joke. So in right. the ghost of academic future, I have a, a question about does anybody in their family have somebody that's obsessed with the post office. They're there every day, da, 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 da. And it sets up my mom's obsession with the post office. And that thing's important because it's not a large group of people that are like that. But when somebody connects with that and even just one person goes, oh my God, my grandmother, da, da, da. A, it's fun, but B, it sets up this type of person. So people know that I, that like my mom isn't, it's like a type of person. It's a, it's a lot like I, I'm not telling you about my mom. I'm talking about a type of person. And my mom is the example. Then in my new special, and I, I did a, a documentary about my um, uh, touring Europe, and it's in that as well. But I have, a, I have a, a, a question. I go, I go, I can be happy for about 10 days in a row. And then I kind of lose my happiness. Like I can't, like I can't be longer than 10 days in a row. Does anybody feel they can be happier longer? And so I, there's like a whole episode of my doc where people, you know, Dublin is like, well, we can't even be happy for a day. We have drinking problems. And then, you know, there's always somebody that's like 365. And I'm like, if you say Jesus, I will fucking kill you. Like, (laughs) I do not want to hear about how Jesus makes you happy. But I go, I usually talk to one or two people. They tell me what makes them happy. They tell me. And then I, my next question is what breaks your happiness? And I do all this because the whole point of it is I'm going to tell you about a joke where The thing that broke my happiness is because I didn't get something I wanted delivered. It's a really childish, like, I didn't get this thing. But what I want to show is that we are all that person. What makes us happy sometimes is a smoothie and your cat sitting on your lap. And what breaks your happiness is when somebody fucking calls you in the middle of a show that you're watching and let everybody know that they're a little petty. And you really do find out that it's not the big things that break people's happiness. It's that last straw. Like, are you fucking kidding me? So that when I do this three minute bit about how I was supposed to get wallpaper delivered and they didn't fucking deliver it and I was losing my goddamn mind, I look less of a psycho and I look more like an everyday person because we've all had that moment where they, none of my packages were getting delivered and then they lost something that was $500 and I was freaking out. And that was the whole point of it. And I think good crowd work is, like I said earlier, it's about connection. And and if you want to connect in that way, that's great. I don't have any shade to anybody that wants to do it. But there's a lot of people that are doing it, A, to be lazy. And it's not interesting. I just don't find it. I don't fucking want to talk to some 
fucking nurse in the audience that's telling you about a bad day. Like some people have the ability to make it funny, but some people are just making fun of people and then calling that art. And it's just not. I think good crowd work is amazing, but most people are doing it at a fourth grade level. And I'm not, I I can't tell you how many friends I've muted because that's all they're posting. It's also a, it has a shelf life and it got saturated and there's going to be a lot of people that made their name known by it that are going to be floundering because instead of being who they wanted to be as a comic, they went with a trend. And I think where I would like to think for myself and for a lot of my peers, you can play with trends, but if you make your entire life around a trend, you're constantly going to be changing. Like, you know, those people that like they're whenever they date somebody, they change. So like if this person loves going to concerts, they love going to concerts. Yeah. If this person's into feeding, you know, shelter cats, they start feeding shelter cats, but you never actually know who they are. It's the same thing with comedy. I'd, I'd rather you know who I am and the people that like me come flock to me and I have my fan base rather than every two years I change who I am and I have to change over my fan base. And I think that's where I am. If that's what you love doing and that's your jam, by all means do it. But this is a trend that's already starting to burst and you are going to be comedically homeless because you put all your eggs in that basket. As opposed to me, I've put out maybe like three crowd word, word, word bits crowd work bits when they've worked and they have, and I think they're interesting, but otherwise I don't want to fucking talk to you. (laughs) Well, thanks for coming and hanging out with me. I I feel like shit. Just kidding. Yeah. No, I'm such a brat right now. (laughs) Yeah. Why am I even here? And what is the best selling joke? I did a podcast in exchange for some warm tap water and two new fans it's like, this is why I'm here. No, I yeah. appreciate you. I find your com- your comedy very funny and fascinating. I think it's great. Congratulations on all your success. If people want to check out your work, where can they do it? Um, I have three out of four of my hours free on YouTube. So you can go to youtube.com slash Liz Mealy, M-I-E-L-E. Um, I put out clips every week on um, Instagram and TikTok and all those places. And um, I'm kind of... I don't know when this is coming out, but I'll be in Baltimore in November and then I'm chilling a little bit. And then thanks for listening and being a part of today's conversation. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's absolutely free. A major proportion. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. And remember, we care.